So last week, we started this two-week series of signs, and what we've been looking at is signs that we are in or we are at the end time. So Pastor Tim, this is my dad, by the way. It's weird calling him Pastor Tim. He's pretty (laughs) awesome. He actually wrote this curriculum, has spent hours upon hours upon days studying this from the Bible, from different resources, and he's come up with this curriculum. And so hopefully you guys caught part one last week. It was so incredible. He got through a ton of really important information. And so tonight is your guys' opportunity to come back with some questions that you might have. You have to have them. It's crazy cool stuff. And so um, now's your opportunity to ask the, um, well, I don't want to call you the master because that'll go to your head, but um, to ask <laughs> the professional maybe. Okay, so we'll go ahead and start you off. Yeah, let me, yeah. Let me yeah, preface with, uh, with a few things. I know that I covered in a huge timeline last week in 30 minutes. And I did that because to take just a part of it and try to give it to you is sometimes harder to, to, to digest, um, especially when you are in a high schooler. You, you want to, you got, I know how you think. You want the whole picture. You don't want just pieces of that picture. So that's why we tried to give you as much as we could in one evening. Um, like uh, uh, Madeline was saying, uh, we, we taught this in, in our big auditorium over there. And actually, this is the third time I've taught it. And we have it in uh, workbook form and then DVD as well as digital form in the bookstore. So I know that some of you guys have small groups. I know you guys are, or some of you guys are actually going to do the whole course. So if you want to dig deeper in, that's the way to do it. Now, we're going to answer a lot of questions tonight, answer as many possible questions as we can. And I'll do my best. If there's something that you stump me on, I promise I'll just say, I don't know. I will get that information or get that answer and try to answer it for you. So perfect. So first question up: What are Christian or what are Christians doing during the seven years of tribulation? So it's interesting because the whole premise of who we are and who Jesus is uh, it sets us up for what those seven years are. Jesus is the groom. The church is known as the bride. So when the rapture happens, which is what we talked about, which is what we're very, very close to happening here, then we then the world goes into a seven-year tribulation, but we go into a seven-year wedding party, wedding feast, uh, because the groom, Jesus, will be reunited with his bride, the church. So it will be a seven-year wedding feast. And it's interesting because a, a Jewish wedding is seven days. And several times in the Bible, it talks about a day is in a year. Uh, so that's where that particular... Um, Uh, those numbers come from. So anyway, it's going to be a wonderful situation for us. Uh, You know, I don't know that anybody would uh, just say, no, I'd rather go through all the plagues of tribulation and not go to a party. We're going to be going to a party and it's going to be awesome. Cool. I'm excited for that. Yes. I'm not sure if you'll make it though. I'll be honest with you. Oh, well. I'm just joking. I'm trying. (laughs) So what will actually happen when Jesus comes back? So what will happen when Jesus comes? Okay. Which... Which time? When he comes back the first time. We'll go with that. Okay, so Jesus, and, and this sometimes, just for the, the reason of semantics, gets a little confused. We know Jesus came the first time during his life uh, here on earth. He will come again at the rapture, but he will meet us in the clouds. We went over that last week, talked about that in scripture. And then he will come again at the end of the tribulation. At the Battle of Armageddon, that's when all of the armies of the world will come to try to defeat Jesus, and uh, Jesus will come down and defeat them. Does that answer that? 
Yes, it okay. does. Okay, so lots of questions about the Antichrist. Um, what are what will he be? What will be his characteristics? Will we know if it's him? Is he on Earth right now? All of okay. those. Well, so the Antichrist we know uh, will come or has to come from what the what was the Roman Empire. Uh, the Bible says in Daniel that it, that he will come from the same empire that defeated uh, and destroyed the temple in AD 70. So Rome defeated the temple right after, or actually uh, destroyed the temple in Jerusalem uh, not long after Jesus died. And the Bible says that the man that the is, the is the Antichrist will actually come from that empire. Well, the empire was vast. Uh, it spanned all the way from where Spain is now all the way to the um, Euphrates River, which is over where Iraq is, as far north as Great Britain and as far south as North Africa. So, and then over into Egypt and, and, and Ethiopia. So it was a big, big region. Uh, we do believe that he is alive now because if we are that close to the rapture happening, of course, uh, the, the Antichrist has to be alive. We also, there's, well, I would, I would suggest uh, if you really want to get into a lot of teaching about the Antichrist and the kingdom that he's going to come from, the first session in this is an hour just on that subject. Uh, so for me to try to explain it all uh, in this short a period of time would be pretty difficult. But we know, according to Scripture, that he is going to be very charismatic. He is going to be a um, military genius. He's going to be a religious genius. He is going to bring about a one-world government, and he's going to bring about a one-world economy, and he's going to bring about a one-world religion. So uh, all the religions will come together, and they will actually worship him three and a half years into the tribulation, which is called the abomination of Isis. Desolation, abomination of desolation, is that, or is it desolation, abomination? It's one or the other, but that's where that will happen. You're, and you're the expert. <laughs> I know, I get things turned around in my head sometimes. I see, what else could there, what other characteristics might there be? Uh, a question was, does he have to be a man? Yes, okay. uh, he is supposed to be a man. He is supposed to be, because the, the, the Hebrews, the Jews, that are left behind because they don't know Jesus, they are still looking for the Messiah, so he has to fulfill certain prophecies in their mind to duplicate or, or be a counterfeit of the Messiah. And of course, the Messiah was a man and was Jesus. And so, yes, he will be a man. Okay, so lots of questions about what happens then after the rapture. So during the tribulation period? Yes. Is that we're talking about? On earth? Yes. Okay, so rapture happens. Everybody that knows Jesus meets Jesus in the air. That's, it's the rapture. Uh, during this seven-year period, things, different seal judgments are released upon the earth. Those judgments are there, though, remember, we talked about last week, to get people to repent and come back to Jesus. It's not there because God's mean, and it's not there because God is not a, a, a loving God. It's there because God loves these people, and he wants them to repent, which is, you know, say they're sorry for their sins, but then also recognize that God is God, who God says he is, and Jesus is who he says he is. So the, uh, the tribulation, and there are tons of, hmm, I wonder if I have those notes. I think I took those out. So 
you can read about those different seals, seal judgments and trumpet judgments in the Revelation. That's what a lot of the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the New Testament, refers to. And it's all kinds of things. There is a particular uh, uh, time period where uh, the majority of the sea life dies. Um, there is meteor showers. Um, there are earthquakes. And nothing like what we're seeing now. We're talking about destroying so much of the world and killing the majority uh, of who is left on earth. I mean, the, the plagues and how many millions and billions of people. Uh, one, of, one of the particular uh, plagues or uh, judgments will actually kill a third of the population of the earth. Well, right now, the population of the earth is 7.7 .7 billion people. And we've had people, you know, we've had different people say, oh, you know, coronavirus, is, that's got to be one of the plagues and tribulation. We've got to be living in the time of tribulation. Coronavirus is not a plague. Coronavirus has barely killed uh, worldwide Oh, I think the last time I checked, it was like 600,000 or something like that worldwide. This is going to kill billions, okay? So big difference, big difference. Okay, so um, some questions. And, and they okay. will, so two, those plagues will get worse and worse and worse as the time goes on. And once that three and a half year period hits, um, the last three and a half years, it gets really ugly on earth. That's when the, the rest of the, the big judgments come against the land. And it's similar to when uh, God was trying to get the, ch the children of Israel out of Egypt and all of the plagues that he brought on Pharaoh to try to get Pharaoh to let the people go. Those were plagues like we've never seen before uh, and never saw again on earth until the time of the tribulation. So a lot of questions about those who are left behind after the rapture. What happens to them? Do they get another shot at loving Jesus again? What's their story? Very good question. So those that don't know Jesus before the rapture will be left behind. The Bible does say that there is going to be so many of those that are left behind saved that you will not be able to count them. It will be like the, uh, the sand and the seashores. It's just a lot of people that are going to be uh, saved during that time. So yes, they can repent. Yes, they, you know, they can recognize that Jesus is Lord during that time. But when they say this, when they receive Jesus as their savior, they don't, aren't automatically raptured into heaven. They're stuck on earth. They have to make it through the tribulation or they're going to might die in the tribulation. They cannot take the mark of the beast. During that period of time, there will be a mark that people will take uh, to be able to uh, sell things, buy things, uh, basically live your life. Uh, some people believe that that is going to be a, like a barcode. The Bible says it's going to be on their, their back of their hand or on their forehead. Uh, others believe it's like a microchip, which all of that technology exists now. They can, you, can put a, you can put a microchip in your dog, and a lot of you have a microchip in your dog. It's the same type of thing, and that's for identification. Same type of thing um, for, uh, for people that will be left behind is these microchips can be implanted into your skin. Uh, you can use them to buy food. You can use them to unlock doors. Uh, there's actually a, a business in, it's a big corporation in Wisconsin that has all of their, um, 
employees microchipped and they have the microchip in the back of their hand when they want to use, uh, when they want to buy something in a, uh, at the uh, concession, they have a, like a concession area where they can buy food and stuff. They just scan their hand. So that technology is there. Now, that doesn't mean that the, everybody in Wisconsin at that company accepted the mark of the beast. Okay. That's completely different. But that's what will be required to be able to live and maintain life on earth. And the Bible says that if you take the mark of the beast, that that is an unpardonable sin. So there is no, you can't, can't recover from that one. But what we hope is, um, is those that have heard the gospel message, have heard about Jesus, have heard about these things that we're talking about tonight, but haven't received him, when the rapture happens, they'll wake up and go, oh, they were right. The Bible was right. Those teachers were right. The things they were saying are true. And then those people will be the evangelists, um, those that will be preaching and teaching the gospel uh, to everybody on earth. There will also be 177,000 um, Jews, 177 or 144? 144,000 Jews that are, so understand, because they're Hebrew and they don't believe in Jesus, they believe in God, they're not going to be raptured. So there's going to be 144,000 Jews that are going to be sealed to be the evangelists of the day. So they're going to become Christians. Uh, and even though they're Hebrew, they're going to become Christians. And then they're going to be like the ones that will go out and really, really spread the gospel all over the world. And they will be protected uh, nobody will be able to hurt them. Um, they will be, um, they will, they will basically have kind of like a, a superhero power of not being able to be uh, hurt. Um, it just, it's favor and protection. But then, then there will be two witnesses, according to scripture, that are, will be sent from heaven. They will go to Jerusalem. Uh, most scholars believe it's Enoch and Elisha, uh, Elijah, Elijah right? Yeah, Elijah. And that they believe that they will be the two witnesses um, that will come. And same thing, though, the supernatural powers like you've never seen. And nobody can touch them. People will try to kill them. They can't be hurt until that three and a half year period. But they will preach the word of God for three and a half years in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that their message will go throughout the world, which we have technology now for that to happen. Like They could live stream that and that can go all over the planet. That wasn't uh, uh, that technology was not even here, you know, 10, 10 years ago. So, uh, and then at that three and a half year period, the Antichrist will come and kill them. That's when he will set up his throne in the temple. And then three days later, uh, those two men, uh, Enoch, whether it's, some people believe it's Moses too, because they didn't really see Moses die. But the reason Enoch and Elijah are believed that it will be those two is because um, they didn't die. They were just taken into heaven. So that's why they believe that they will be the two that will come back and witness uh, during the tribulation period. So then to clarify, the Christians who don't, well, the people who don't believe in Jesus, but then come to believe in Jesus after we're taken up, if they don't take the mark of the beast, yes. what happens to them? So they'll need to live to the tribulation and not take the mark of the beast, or they die during the tribulation and then they'll go to heaven. Yes. Okay, so a lot of questions about being able to communicate with friends and family that are still on earth after you are taken up into heaven. Will okay. we be able to? So that's, that's a great question, and we won't be able to, um, except for the fact that there is, in the book of Revelations, there is a scripture that talks about there will be a 30 minutes, 30 minutes of silence in that party that we're having as Christians with Jesus. 
Uh, and then in that 30 minute period, a lot of scholars believe that we are going to be able to see what is happening on, on, uh, on earth during the tribulation and that it's going to be so ghastly that there will be absolute silence in heaven. But as far as communication, there's no communication with the dead. Okay. So I don't know if you guys have, you know, you, you've probably heard that you've watched movies, maybe you've messed around with a Ouija board. Understand that that is demonic. And the, those are the demonic spirits that are actually communicating with humans and through Ouija boards and through seances and through channeling. Um, those are demons. That is not some, that is not Aunt Clara that you really liked that is coming down to, you know, talk to you and give you advice. So that's, that's what that is. But no, we will not be able to do that. We're not going to be like ghosts and be able to come down and you know, help out <laughs> our, our family and help them to get saved. No, we'll be in heaven. We'll be at a party. And uh, the Bible says there's no sorrow in heaven, no more pain, no more sorrow. And so a lot of, a lot of scholars believe that means that when we go to heaven, that God is going to give us the ability not to think or have a memory of people that are suffering on earth. Because there's no way we can be partying and everybody else is suffering and that not cause us sorrow. So God's going to change how we think. So will we be able to see things that happen down here on earth and maybe not be able to communicate with people? For that 30-minute period, 30 uh, that's what a lot of scholars say, say yes, that that will happen. But the Bible also talks about the fact that we are playing to a great crowd of witnesses that are in heaven right now. So... Uh, most scholars believe that people that are in heaven, that are, you know, that were saved, they, they're, uh, they're in heaven now, that they can look down and see what's happening in our lives because, because of that scripture. Cool. Lots of questions on whether or not we will be able to help in the battle of Armageddon. <laughs> so we will actually come back with Jesus, but do you think he needs our help, <laughs> right? I mean, do any of you guys have battle experience? I mean, in the spiritual like that, what's you're going to be in the spiritual, but you're going to be fighting in the physical. No, we don't have those skills. God, Jesus does not need us. He is going to defeat uh, Satan. He is going to defeat the Antichrist. He's going to defeat the armies of the world uh, by himself, but we are going to march with him. So we'll be with him, but it's not like we're going to have a really cool, you know, Lord of the Rings sword that we can pull out and start chopping people's heads off. Dang it. <laughs> Um, are we going to be married in heaven or also are we going to know people that we knew here on earth once they are up in heaven? So we'll definitely know people in heaven. You'll be able to recognize people in heaven. There won't be marriage in heaven like what we have on earth because marriage changes. We are married to Christ. The church, the bride is married to Christ. So it will be about worship and a relationship with him. Um, it won't be about a relationship with somebody that we have uh, here on earth. We will know our spouses. We will know the people that uh, we've been friends with and acquaintances, but it just won't be, it won't be the same. Okay. So there's all kinds of verses in the Bible that say we're not going to know the date, the time, or the hour. Angels don't know. No one knows but the Father. So then how are we able to predict this in time? Such a good question. Very good. So the Bible does say that God does not, God is the only one that knows the day. He's the only one that knows the time that it's going to happen. But Scripture is very clear about the fact that we should know the season. Very clear about the fact that we should know the season. It says very, very clear 
that even the birds know what season it is. Even the trees know what season it is. And so we are supposed to know the season. And this is definitely the season. And so a lot of scholars will look at different things because understand that major events happen around Jewish festivals. Major events happen uh, during certain years. And we can see that through history. And we talk a lot about that uh, in this course. Um, but different festivals, so there's, there's like seven festivals that are in the Bible that are Hebrew Jewish festivals that they still celebrate today. Four of those festivals have already been fulfilled as far as uh, within Scripture. Okay, so um, let's see if I have that. Don't know if I have. I probably have it in this thing somewhere, but trying to find it. So four of the festivals line up with things like hmm, uh, uh, the, the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, uh, the Passover, of course, was something that was in the Old Testament then celebrated in the New Testament. And then uh, the day of Pentecost, which was when the Holy Spirit came in the New Testament. So there's four festivals that have been fulfilled in history that we know of very clearly. There's three festivals that have not. The next festival is the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets is always in September. And the Feast of Trumpets is uh, a feast where they celebrate and they blow these uh, trumpets that, um, that are uh, shofars. And it's this big Jewish celebration. A lot of scholars believe that it will, it will happen, the rapture will happen about around the Feast of Trumpets, around September, uh, because of the fact that it is the next uh, non-fulfilled uh, Jewish holiday, Jewish celebration. So, so a lot of scholars say it's probably going to be in September. You know, we talked about the fact that it could happen between 2018 and 2028. Um, there's also, should I tell them about the bird thing? Okay. So, it's cool. so this is really interesting. Uh, so the Bible says that um, during, okay, so we, there's going to be, did I talk about the Gog and Magog war last week? I didn't even hit that, did I? Okay, so right after the rapture, there's going to be this war, and it's called the Gog and Magog war in Scripture. But basically what it is, is it's some different countries that are allied together. One is Russia, one is Turkey, one is Syria. And they are going to launch an attack against Israel. And in the middle of this attack, or trying to attack they're not going to be able to touch Israel. So all of their troops, all of their planes, everything is just going to be destroyed, and Israel's not even going to have to defend itself. That's the Gog and Magog War. Well, the Bible says in the Gog and Magog War that the, uh, the birds of the air are going to come, and they're going to clean up the flesh of all these dead people uh, that are going to attack Israel, that Israel's not even going to have to clean up the mess, that these birds are going to come, and they're going to, to, to clean it up. Then it says in Scripture that seven years later, that's going to happen again at the Battle of Armageddon. The birds of the air are going to come and feast on the flesh of those that are killed in those two battles. So it's interesting that that's the case um, because if you know the geography of the area, Israel is kind of right in, it's really close to the same hemisphere that, that we're at here in Grand Junction. But the interesting thing is, is that there's these wetlands 
So all of these bird wetlands in Israel were the bird migration from Europe goes through Israel to go to Africa and then comes back from Africa through Israel to get to Europe. And you think, well, well what, is, what does that have to do with anything? Well, the, during uh, the time when Israel became a country again in 1948, they felt like they needed these uh, bird, kind of like a bird refuge. We have a lot of those here in Grand Junction, a lot of areas where for ducks and geese and you can't hunt them, they're protected, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Israel needed farmland. So they said, you know what, we're going to go into these wetlands and we're going to turn them into farmland because we need farms and crops for, to feed our country. Well, they realized pretty quickly that those lands didn't work very good because they, they were too wet. And it, you know, if there's, the ground is too wet, it's not going to grow anything either. And in 1992, scientists realized that from 1948, 49 to 1992, the bird migration absolutely stopped coming through Israel because they wiped out these wetlands. Environmentalists were very upset about that, so they thought, you know what we need to do? We need to claim this land back for Israel, and we need to turn them back into wetlands, and we need to hope that the bird migration comes back through Israel. So they did that. And then over the years, from 1992 to 2020, the birds now have come back. There are 600,000, let's see. I gotta make sure of that. I should have figured out my numbers on this. There's a crazy amount of birds. Just like covered the entire island. It was crazy. But I don't know about 600,000. No, it's, worth, it's more than that. More than that? Yes, yes. If I can figure, find it. Oh, it's actually in this, in this part. Sorry, guys. When I, I get numbers mixed up in my head, that's what happens when you go over 50. Also, no, guys, um, I see your question. So if you're not getting one answered, you don't have to resend it. I'll get to it. Just sending it again and again actually makes it more confusing. So found it. There it is. So there's 500 different species, and those are uh, those are the, uh, of, of meat-eating birds, with over 100 species that are predator birds. Over 500 million birds migrate through Israel every year. It's the only place on the planet that this happens. So 500 million birds start the migration. Uh, in uh, so if it's if it's spring, it's, the migration starts in March and it goes to May. Uh, if it's fall, the migration starts in September and goes to November. So twice a year, 500 million birds go through Israel. So it would make sense then that the rapture and the Gog and Magog war, because we know the Gog and Magog war is going to happen right after the rapture, would have to happen in the fall or the spring. If you believe then that the uh, Feast of Trumpets is the next fulfilled cel Jewish celebration that needs to happen, that would fall into the, uh, the fall. So that's why another reason why the, a lot of scholars believe that the rapture could happen in September. Bird migration as well as, and I know it's crazy to go, come on, bird migration, really? We're going to base our information on this. Where else in the world could enough birds gather to eat the flesh of hundreds of thousands of troops? There. It wouldn't happen anywhere else, and it wouldn't happen in any other time of the year than that in that area. So. I'm really afraid of birds, so <laughs> thanks for that. Um, so personally, me, I'm asking this question probably every single day, and then some others. What about our pets during the rapture? Do they get to go up to heaven with us? Okay. What do we do with our pets? 
So pets don't have a spirit like we do. So we, we, we are made up of flesh. That's our tissue, bones, skin, our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotion, and then our spirit. Our spirit is what dwells in our holy of holies, our innermost being, and that is what is saved and goes to heaven. So if we die today, uh, our body is buried here, but our spirit goes to heaven. When we're raptured, if we're alive still, our body meets, goes to heaven and sees Jesus, our buried the loved ones, their body is resurrected and meets their spirit in the air, okay? So they're given their, they're given their, new, their new bodies at that time. But we all get a new body, which is really, really cool. Um, I think most of us would trade ours in, right? I, I would like to trade mine in. Uh, but as far as animals are concerned, so they don't have the same kind of spirit. But here's, so it's not like you can go, I'm getting raptured, come on, Fido, you're coming with me. That's not gonna really work that way. But the Bible says in the millennium that the lion will lay with the lamb. So there's going to be animals on earth during the millennium. And I really believe that God loves you so much that if you said, I really would like to have Brownie or whoever it is with me in the millennium, I think he could manage that for you. But they're not going to be raptured with you. So I always make the joke, get a seven-year dog feeder for your dog so that they can make it through the tribulation. It's not funny. <laughs> Let's all just pray right now for our animals in the millennium. Okay, so some questions about um, what the millennium looks like. Is it going to be basically heaven on earth? Or are we still going to do everyday things? So the, the millennium is going to be like Eden. So, you know, when you read in Genesis what the Bible, what the Bible says about earth before sin, um, I think it's going to be, we, most scholars believe, it's, think, they think it's going to be, be very similar to that. Uh, it's going to be, this is what I try to explain to people. Picture the most surreal moment that you've ever had while you've been alive. And what I mean by that is just the most perfect moment that you've had on this planet since you've been born. And it may have been on a beach on a vacation somewhere. It may have been at a baseball, professional baseball game for you. It may have been whatever, you know, reading a book, you know, in the mountains. Whatever that was, imagine that times infinity, and that's what it's going to be like during the millennium. It's heaven on earth. It's going to be, there's no, no sorrow, no sickness, no death, no sin. Um, it's going to be just incredible. And I think you should picture, you know, being able to see the loved ones that you've lost, that you want to see again. Also, being able to talk to historical figures that you've always wanted to, uh, people that you've admired, being able to do that, um, those things, because you're going to be able to recognize people. You'll know people. So, you know, I don't know. For me, I can't wait to go fishing with my dad. You know, that's going to be something I lost him about eight years ago. I can't wait to see him again. So that's the best I can do as far as describing it for you. Um, there is a wonderful resource. It's just called Heaven, and it's by Randy Alcorn. We have it in our bookstore. It is a book that's this thick that's just on heaven and what it's going to be like. And it's, it's awesome. So some questions about newborns and toddlers who don't understand Jesus yet. Um, and then also um, babies who weren't able to be born, who were miscarried. Um, what is heaven for them? Are they able to get there without knowing Jesus? Yes. So there's an age of accountability. 
according to Scripture, um, those that are uh, below this particular age are at, automatically go to heaven. Automatically go to heaven. What is that age? I always get that question. A lot of scholars believe it's 14, anything, any, anybody under the age of 14, because that is when a young Jewish a boy is bar mitzvahed into being a man. So some, some, some scholars believe 14. Some other scholars believe that it's at the age when they can understand who, who Jesus is and that they could accept him. So that could be seven or eight years old. Uh, if you, if you have a child or, um, you, you know, maybe your mom had a child that was miscarried, she lost that child in birth, that, by, that, that baby has a spirit in the womb. So, um, and it is covered by the age of accountability. They are not some fetus or some animal that's growing. Uh, the Bible says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. So, yes, the, those babies that were not, that died before birth, they will be in heaven. If Satan knows the outcome, why does he even bother to do all of this? Why does he even try to oppose God? So the devil's a great deceiver. That's what the Bible says. He's a wonderful liar. That's one of his gifts. Uh, and have you ever met somebody before? Maybe you haven't. I've met several people before that were such liars that they begin to believe their own lies. You ever seen anybody like that? <laughs> well, if a person could be that way, so can Satan. And so I absolutely believe that Satan believes that he is going to defeat Jesus. When it comes to the end of the world, that he's going to defeat Jesus, he's going to defeat God, and he is going to rule the universe. Okay, what do you think? A couple more? How many of you guys think? Oh gosh, 20 it's already more? 8 o'clock. You guys want one more? Wrap it all up? One more. Okay, we got one more over here. So what... <laughs> Now, what do we do with all this information, knowing that we are in the end times? Live your life. Don't change anything, um, except for the fact that I think that we all should live our life to the, to the most. I mean, I think we should take advantage of every day. Uh, I, I get adults a lot of times that will ask me questions like this, and they're, they, they freak out, and they, they, they want to sell everything. They want to sell, they want to cash in their retirement, and they want to go live in the mountains and wait for Jesus to come back. Uh, we don't know. I can't definitively tell you what, when Jesus is going to come back. Well, I feel like we're in the season. So for all of us, I think we should be more serious about telling people about Jesus. I think we should be more serious about worshiping God and living for him, but also enjoy your life. Have fun. Jesus came that you might have life and have it to the abundance according to scripture. So do that. And don't let this freak you out. Don't let this scare you. God gave us these signs and he let us know the season so that we can look forward to this. We get to go to heaven, right? I mean, that's nothing to be afraid of. And for us, we're not going to be in the tribulation. Unfortunately, we could be concerned for those that don't know Jesus that are going to be in the tribulation, and that's why we need to do our best to see as many people saved as possible. But they will have a chance in the tribulation. And that's the thing. Sometimes you might go, well, you know what? There's no way that I can lead this person to the Lord. I don't have, um, I mean, I, I may be afraid to, because I don't think I know the knowledge, have the knowledge. I may think that, you know, I can't, I can't do it or they won't listen to me. But if you plant seeds, in other words, you give them the information, when the rapture happens, and, the, and they don't receive Christ, when the rapture happens, they're going to remember the things that you said. So you may be doing preventive ministry right now for those that are going to be left, left behind. 
If they are left behind, they'll be the biggest advocates for Jesus yes. and who he is and that he is real. Also, guys, now that's what 4640 is for. That's why we have this amazing facility with a spider jump and a ledge swing so that you guys can get your friends here and get them to know Jesus. We have a lot of responsibility as Christians to share our faith, but also know the pressure is off. Just get your friends here. We will do the rest. We'll make sure that they have a ticket to heaven because that's our responsibility here with our time that we have on earth, even though it is short. So we still have a ton of questions here that were unanswered. So if you really have a pressing question that you had, uh, talk to the, one of us. Oh, and sorry, the other thing too is that, so we, were, we had a third week, right? That was supposed to happen. So we could come back and do a third week of Q&A if you guys want. Is that, do you want, is that good, Joe? What do you think? But, that's, but next week we're closed, right? It would be the week after that. Is that what you, do you guys want another night of Q&A? Okay, okay. I'm, fi I'm fine with that. I'll come back. Great. So keep your guys' questions. If they didn't get answered, remember them. Um, and There's we tons. Will come can we keep those? Yes. These are all on record, so we'll have okay. them. We can actually write them down um, to make sure that you guys get your answers to these questions because it is important and it is a big deal. So we want to make sure you guys have all the answers. Let me uh, pray for Yes, you. let's do that. So, Lord, we come before you and we thank you that you have shown us uh, this season and that, Lord, you chose us to be able to be raptured. What a cool thing that is. And I pray right now that you'd bind up any spirit of fear that uh, would come upon us uh, when we're thinking about these things. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bind our minds to your truth and that, Lord, we would see that truth. And, Lord, just give us wisdom and the opportunity uh, to be able to tell others about Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you would just um, help us to have the words to say when you give us that opportunity. So bless us now. Keep us safe. Thank you, God, for everything you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, guys, if you want to participate in that dodgeball tournament, go and find Coach Woods and Joe, and they will get you guys ready to go. It's for all the guys. You guys can head on over there. Girls, you guys are welcome to play too or hang out in the rest of the building. We love you all. Have an amazing Thanksgiving break. We're praying for you, and we'll see you after. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.